Welcome to the Caris Christian Center podcast. This is going to be good. You guys are going to like the message tonight. I am preaching, starting a new series called The Blessed Life. The Blessed Life. And um, I want to be sharing specifically tonight on the covenant of blessing. Whenever God gives a covenant, establishes a covenant, there's always a blessing attached to it. The covenant is, is always given to us through grace, and we receive it. We receive the attached blessing, the attached promises through faith. Every time, Genesis to Revelation, that's how it works. And covenant is a beautiful thing. It's not just a legal contract. It's, it's a deep relational bond. So when God establishes a covenant with people, it's a deep relational bond that cannot be broken. It cannot be altered, ever. So when you read through the Bible, my dad teaches a great class on Bible covenants. He go, you know, starts from, from Genesis, from the beginning of creation, goes to Abraham, to Noah. To God cannot break his covenant. The covenant he made to Noah, whenever it rains, I still see that promise of that covenant in the sky. It's beautiful. God's promise, and his covenant is always, it's, it's always a grace thing. It's always about his love for people. God wants us to be blessed, period. God wants us to be blessed. And the blessing of the Lord, it is, it is a powerful thing. It, it's, man, I, and I'm not just talking about a blessing or the, the blessing of the Lord. That is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the blessed life. True life, abundant life. It comes from being blessed by God. I love this scripture in Proverbs 10, 22. It says, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. I just love this part, the blessing of the Lord makes. It makes. It's not you trying to get it. Some people, some people twist things around. They say, well, health and wealth preachers, they like to talk about the blessing of the Lord. And if you're not rich, then you're not blessed. That's, that's wrong. The blessing of the Lord makes. One of the greatest revelations I ever got in my life was when I was 24 years old. That, that was the lowest point of my life. I was completely broke, had no direction, no job, just broke up with a serious girlfriend I had for four years. I, I, was, I was at the bottom of the bucket. But God gave me this revelation that I was blessed. I was reading my Bible, Genesis 14, just reading about Abram. And Melchizedek came out to bless him. He said, you are blessed by the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth. And, and just lightning shot through my spirit, through my heart. That was the lowest point in my life on the outside. I felt like I was going nowhere. I was trapped. I was a fish in a bowl, just surviving. But God, God spoke to me. He said, you are blessed by the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth. I wrote that down on a note card and stuck it right above my bed. Because I knew that that, that, that that wasn't based on what was in my bank account, based upon what I was sleeping on, I was sleeping on an air mattress. I'd subleased my apartment to someone crazy. They threw out all my furniture and left without paying me everything. 
I, I like, I was just trying to figure out how to survive. But God, God spoke that to me. Man, some, some of the greatest revelation you can receive is when things don't look picture perfect on the outside. You can receive revelation from God tonight. Some of you are getting revelation right now. That it, it's God that makes it happen. The blessing of the, of the Lord makes. He makes it, and that is his grace. The blessing of the Lord is a loaded grace thing. It's a covenant thing. Every time you see covenant in the Bible, promises, covenant, there is grace there. Every time. And we respond by faith. Man, when I got that revelation, it changed my life. The blessing of the Lord will change your life. And I have great news for you. If, if you have asked Jesus into your heart, you are blessed by the Most High God, the possessor of heaven. There is no more, there is no way he could possibly bless you anymore. If he put the spirit of Jesus Christ in you, of course it's going to make you rich. Of course it's going to heal your body. Of course he's going to take care of your relationships. Of course he's going to take care of your heart, of your soul, and give you peace, and give you direction in life. Of course. Why would he not? The blessing of the Lord makes it happen. Man, I, I, got, I got excited when I realized that. And I, I was blessed and I, I, I knew scripture. I'd read the Bible through many times. I, of course, loved Old Testament, as I still do today. So, I, man, I, I knew I was blessed. So I dove, dove right into those blessing scriptures. I am blessed. All these blessing things are for me right now. Man, I, I dug into Deuteronomy 28. The Lord will command the blessing on you and in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. I didn't have a job. I didn't have a lot of direction. I, I felt like a failure. I felt defeated. But I knew I, knew I was blessed. So I, I started setting my hand to things. I didn't even know what to set my hand to. I could play the flute. I had about a half million dollars worth of education for blowing hot air through a silver pipe. <laughs> I'm pretty good at it. I don't know what to do. I have a lot of great training for something that isn't super marketable all the time. <laughs> Especially during this past year with COVID mania. How many concerts have you been to lately? I just saw the, the Texas Rangers had a sellout stadium completely packed out this past weekend. Completely packed out. Thank God for Texas. There's people going around Carter Springs with, with cameras into churches, sneaking into churches, trying to get videos of, you wearing masks or not? Report to the news. Thank God for the Texas Rangers. 
and the people that show up. Take a video of that. The people of this church are healthy, they're strong, they're safe, they're living life with purpose, they're full of joy. Can't say that about a lot of the world right now. Suicides tripled this year. One in four teens in America have contemplated suicide this year. One in four. Three in four have dealt with mental health issues, depression, anxiety. Our youth has been experiencing revival. Just, just, just a couple weeks ago, there, there was someone brought here who was completely deaf in an ear. Javier had a word that, that God was going to heal someone's ear. He came up for prayer and was healed instantly. Man, there's a lot of good news out there. There's a lot of good news here in this place. There's a lot of good things happening. There were 60 teens that gave their life to Jesus in 2020. This church is thriving. The people here are thriving. We're going to continue thriving. We are going to the next level. I am more excited than ever before about what God is doing on the earth today in Carter Springs, in this house. And I, I, I got that revelation, I'm not stuck, I'm not defeated, I'm not simply existing. I'm going to set my hand to something. So what do you do when you have no money, no job, no girlfriend, <laughs> nothing? I'm going to set my hand to something. I, I, I started... I sent a letter to every, every band director in Houston. Houston's a big place. Band is a big deal in Texas because football is a big deal. I sent like 300 emails out to every band director I could find an email for saying, I'll, I'll come work, I'll come teach, whatever. I heard back from two. Me, me with a half a million dollar education in flute, in silver pipe, air blowing. I heard back from two. I might have some students that you can teach. 20 bucks an hour. I did it. I kept working hard, kept building my studio. At one point, I had 40 students I was teaching a week. You know, I, I had free time in the morning, so I, I didn't have any money. I'm going to go look on free Craigslist. I'm going to go find some people's junk and try to sell it. I, got, I, got a, I went and drove, drove to pick up a free box spring mattress. Got it for free. It's like a full size. I couldn't even, you know, strapped it to the top of my car with clothing line, Beverly Hillbillies. I have no shame. <laughs> Drove it back to my, drug it into my tiny apartment, put it up on Craigslist. I didn't realize why I was free. It was a little bit broken in one corner. <laughs> Sold it that day, 20 bucks. Sold it to someone who didn't care. 
Here's 20 bucks. One got a broken TV. Big honker of a TV. It was like a plasma. I don't know. It was, it was an okay TV, but it, was like, it wasn't one of the slim ones I make today. It was a big honker. Lugged it into my car, kind of busted up my door, trying to lug it into my car. Carried it like this up the stairs to my apartment. I'm going to lay hands on this thing. I'm going to pray that it comes back to life. Didn't come back to life. So I renounced my faith and no. Faith is tenacious, baby. It doesn't stop. Well, I got on, I'm going to find someone to come fix this thing. I got 20 bucks now. I can pay someone to fix this thing. Maybe I'll sell it for 100. Found a TV repair person. Told him about this TV. He said he'd just come buy it for 50 bucks and use it as parts for what he did. I'm like, okay, 50 bucks. Whatever you set your hand to. I didn't have furniture. I, I started finding free furniture on Craigslist. I found, found this lady who was moving to Paris. And I went, went at the very end of the day of her moving sale. She's moving to Paris next week. I said, I have 50 bucks. Give me whatever you want to get rid of, and I'll give you 50 bucks. She gave me a vacuum, a, a couch, some plants, this whole beautiful, like, she's into fancy things, like a sushi set. These plants, I still have this plant today, 10 years later. It's, it's the only thing I brought back from Houston. A, a snake plant. It's grown so much, like we had, to, we had to trim it out and turn it into multiple plants, and that thing is blessed. It just won't die. It's got the abundant life flowing through the... And then I found someone moving, and I saw they had a nice watch for sale, and I thought, well, I've been working hard, hustling, and teaching all these middle school flute lessons, and driving all over Houston, and... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to treat myself. I found a nice watch, and I thought I'd try to lowball this guy, but he said he had already sold it, so I ended up buying the same thing on eBay. And so after I bought it, I thought, well, maybe I can sell it for more. This guy sold his for more. Maybe I could sell that for more. And, you know, the wheels were turning. And I uh, saw the package had been delivered later that day. I went to my mailbox and it had been broken into and stolen. So again, I gave up, renounced my faith. I'm just gonna be cursed. No. Faith is tenacious. I went and bought two. I'm gonna make my money back and I'm still gonna make money. I'm not gonna break even. I'm gonna make make something. Got two watches. I mean, I put it on my wrist. The first watch I got, and I went to church. I was going to Lakewood Church, Joel Osteen. Very encouraging for me, actually. Very, during that time. I remember I had that watch on my wrist. I just lifted my hand to God, and I just thanked God for blessing me and taking care of me and for loving me. 
I bought that watch for 100 bucks, I sold it a week later, $250. And that bought two. It kept doubling, doubling, doubling. You know, if you keep doubling, it doesn't take that long to, two turns into four, turns into eight, to 16, 32, 64. It's exponential. Within a year, I was making $10,000 a month profit. Buying and selling watches. And all I knew how to do was blow air through a pipe. But the blessing of the Lord, it doesn't matter what your degree's in, what's in your bank account, who you're married to or not married to, or where you live, or what color your skin is, or the blessing of the Lord makes one. I'm one. Are you one? The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. God, God loves you. He wants to bless you. He wants to take care of you. He wants you to have an abundant life. Man, Jesus, man, Jesus preached the blessing of the Lord. He preached the blessed life. He made it plain as day for all those theologically challenged people that haven't seemed to quite go away. <laughs> the thief comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. If I read Deuteronomy 28, blessing and the curses, what, what is stealing, killing, and destroying? That is all part of the curse. When Jesus says abundant life, do you think that's the blessing of the Lord? I think so. I think Jesus wants to bless us. He said the thief wants to curse you. I'm the face of God. I want want you to have life and have it just okay. Just live in your bowl and be happy that you got the space you got. More abundant. More abundant. If you have Jesus, you are 100% blessed, period. God wants you blessed, period. He does not want to steal from you. He does not want to kill you. He does not want to destroy you. And when, when you have that revelation in you, and man, know that I, I don't care what I see on the outside right now. Man, I, I know that God loves me, that I am blessed, and he did everything to, to take care of me, to give me eternal life, to bless me, to prosper me. Prosper me. Man, if he gave me Jesus, he'd give me anything I need. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to keep trusting him. There, and there, there are many things that only God can bless you with. Your education won't, won't cut it. The people you know won't cut it. Your talent won't cut it. There are certain things that only God can do. You know, I, knew, I knew that God wanted to bless me financially, and he did it. I knew that God wanted to bless me relationally. There are times in my single journey that it looked rough. Going to die in the desert of singleness. 
There's certain things that only God can do, but God, God wants, wants you to feel that way sometimes, so when he does it, you're going to realize it was him. When he brought Heather into my life, I knew it was 100% him. I know it was 100% a God-ordained thing. Because before I met her, I, there were several points where I was like, this is impossible. It'd be easier to be a billionaire than to get married to a decent person. Some of you may feel that way. It's okay. All, God, when God works things out, he wants you to know that, that it was... He's the one that made it happen. That blessing, I'm the one that made that happen. So God, he really wants to bless you, period. And you read that all through the Bible. This, This is doctrine I'm preaching tonight. This is foundational to our faith, and we need to remind ourselves of things like this constantly. I see it from the beginning. I see it in the life of Jesus. I see it in... Listen, God wants to bless you, period. And if you have Jesus, you are blessed, period. Genesis 1, 28. Let's read Genesis 1, 28. I'm starting from creation. I love reading about the very first time God blessed humanity, blessed a person. Genesis 1, 28. So this is, then God blessed them and God said to them, I love that. God, when he blessed them, he spoke it to them. There's something very powerful about the spoken blessing. Now, when you, when you pray, pray the blessing over your life, over your spouse's life, over your family, over your children, you need to speak it. My dad would say to me and my brothers, you are the head, you are not the tail. You're blessed in the city, blessed in the field. You're blessed wherever you go. You're blessed in your storehouses. He would speak it. You need to speak the blessing over your own life. Don't say, I, I'm just so poor. I'm just so broke. I'm just so... so Every time you do that, don't speak the curse. Speak the blessing. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. God spoke this over them. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. I love that. Man, the blessing, it's it's being fruitful, multiplying, filling the earth, subduing it, having dominion over, over the animals. There's something, you know, special about mankind. When God created man, there's something special about man. Man is not an animal. We are not an evolved animal. There's a very sharp line between mankind and the rest of creation. What is it? God breathed his life. He didn't breathe his life into a dog. He didn't breathe his life into a monkey. He didn't breathe his life into a cow. I, I love my dog. I love cattle. But God created them for us. We need to take care of them, tend them. 
But my life is different than a life of a, of a creature. God did special things for, he breathed his life into it. We are created in his likeness, in his image. In Genesis 5, let's look at Genesis 5. Verse 1 and 2. It says, this is the book of the genealogy of Adam. In the day that God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. There's something special about Adam, about mankind. His, he created them in his likeness. He created them male and female and blessed them and called them mankind in the day they were created. It's a blessing to be male and female. I am blessed because I'm a male. My wife is blessed because she's a female. That, that's a blessing. God knows what he's doing. A lot more so than things they're trying to pass in our government today. I emailed our senators, our representatives. They basically told me, we don't care what you think. Well, God cares. There's a blessing attached to male and female. It's a blessing. God loves people wherever they're at. Certain people just use whatever they can politically to get power and manipulate people. And there's a lot of deception out there today. God is not a deceiver. The Spirit of Christ is not a deceiver. The Bible is not deceptive. It is truth. It is life. I, I trust this before I trust anything else. Amen. Period. I trust God before I trust anyone else. In God we trust. I trust God more than any man. Certainly more than the government. Praise God. God will bless you wherever you're at. It doesn't matter who's against you either. I'm going to talk about the blessing through, through covenant, this unbreakable, unbreakable relational bond. I'm going to talk about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, I love each time when God speaks to them, when he reveals his blessing to them, it's often at a, at a very low point in their life when they're facing something impossible. And God, out of his grace, blesses them, gives them a promise, gives them a covenant, and they have to receive it by faith. That's all they did was respond by faith. And God, God spoke to Abram. Let's look at Genesis 12, verse 3. Genesis 12, verse 3. God spoke to Abram. He said, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. He spoke to him just a few verses before. Get out of your country from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you, make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. God wants to bless you so much. It's not just about you and just taking care of yourself. He wants to bless you. God's blessing, it's always abundant. It's always to impact other people around you. So God spoke this to Abram. And what did the blessing do to Abram? He was blessed. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. Chapter later, what happened to Abram? Chapter 13, verse 2, Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold. It happened. I love Genesis 14. Melchizedek comes and blesses Abram. 
Verse 18, Genesis 14, verse 18, then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God Most High, and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High. Your blessing, it's from God. It's the blessing of the Lord. This is the blessing on you, Abram. God is the possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand, and said, Abram gave him a tithe of all. That, that gift that Abram had, that, that was, God gave this blessing by grace. And Abram responded in faith. He gave a tithe. When you tithe, you're not trying to manipulate God. The blessing came first. The gift came as his response. Correct? He gave. That that was was a response of his faith. And you see his faith kept going on. This is now the king of Sodom said to Abram, give me the persons and take the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord, God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth. He's saying, I have a covenant with the one true God, the possessor of heaven and earth. I've raised my hand to him. Whatever my hand touches, I've raised my hand to him. I'm not going to take anything that's yours. I will take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap and that I will not take anything that is yours lest you should say I have made Abram rich except only what the young men have eaten and the portion of the men who went with me. Let them take their portion. He said, I don't want anyone to say I'm the one who did this to Abram. Aaron said, I, I, I want, I'm so tight with God. I want when people see me, they to know, they want, they, they're going to know that God did this for him. And one of my professors came out here to Colorado. I was able to show her our, our old church building, show her my house that I moved into when I moved here. And I, I could, she, she just, I could tell she was just awestruck. All I did was teach you how to blow hot air through a pipe. Very well, mind you. God did this. God did this. It opened, it opened her agnostic heart. She started asking me about God. Asking me about faith. Asking me theological questions that she's had ever since she was a girl. Why, why do Christians say that everything happens for a reason? Well, they don't. The Bible doesn't say that. We have free will. People screw up, and a lot of problems are because people have messed up. But God always loves. And he can take bad situations and turn them around, but he does not create those bad situations. He's not the author. He does not kill. He does not steal. He does not destroy. He came to give abundant life, period. She's like, oh. This, this, This false seed that had been planted in her from when she was just a girl, The, ble- the, blessing, the blessing overtakes that stuff. And keep sowing truth. Keep, keep blessing people. Amen? So Melchizedek blessed him. Let's go on here to chapter 15, Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. I love this reiteration of the blessing. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. He's saying, we, we have a covenant, you have a promise, but we don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. 
You might, you might feel broke. You might feel lonely. You might feel like this is impossible, but don't be afraid. I'm there for you. He, before he tells them that promise, reminds them of that promise, he, he, he reminds them of their relationship. Don't be afraid. I'm your shield. I'm your exceedingly great reward. I'm the one who does it. But Abraham said, Lord God, and he, he's, at, he's at a very low point. I've done what you said. I've gone out into this land I didn't, did not know of. I, you've blessed me. But still, this, this big promise you gave me that I've been waiting for, year after year after year, I still go childless. The heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Then Abram said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. But again, God, his covenant, it's, it's gracious. He didn't zap Abraham for a statement of unbelief. He kept ministering love to him. He kept reminding him of the promise. The word of the Lord came to him again. Verse 4 saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. God just showed him how much he loved him. Abram, I love you. Look at these stars. I created all of these stars. I Keep trusting me. You, you are blessed, Abram. You might not feel like it, but you are blessed. I love you. Don't be afraid. And what did Abram do? He responded. God gave him that promise, gave him that grace, gave him that blessing, that covenant, and he, he just believed. Verse 6, he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. That blessing was just flowing through him, flowing through his life. Abram wasn't a perfect person. On the surface, he wasn't always a righteous person. But God just kept giving him grace after grace. That, that covenant, it's, it's unbreakable. If you have Jesus in your heart, you have an unbreakable bond with God. He's your father. Man, and I just love what God said. Your descendants are going to be like this. I'm going to bless you so much. It's, not, it's going to impact generation after generation after generation. And the blessing of the Lord, it overflows. That's what God was showing Abram. That, look at these stars. I could show you The moon, the sun, you'll have one child, one child, whatever. You know, look at this. This is an abundant thing I'm doing in you. This child I'm going to give you, it's, it's going to be like the stars. It's going to impact generations after you. Let's look at Genesis 25 now. Verse 11, that blessing that came upon Abram, it was poured out onto Isaac. Genesis 25, verse 11 it came to pass after the death of Abraham that God blessed his son Isaac. So Isaac became blessed. And God, speaks, God spoke that blessing to him personally in, in chapter 26, Genesis 26, verse 1. When God speaks it to Isaac personally, it's in a very bleak situation. It says it's, it's in, there's, there's a great famine in the land. Isaac probably inherited great wealth, great riches, great cattle, great everything. But, but something happened on the outside that made him think, I, I got to leave. 
I'm going to go to Egypt. You know, I don't know, whatever cattle he still had left, whatever, you know, I don't know what he could take to Egypt, but he, he was defeated. Complete famine. But God spoke to him personally. There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I tell you. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I give all these lands. And I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands. And in your seed all the nations of the earth. He probably thought, and that, that was probably the lowest point, one of the lowest points of his life complete famine, just thought about giving up everything, moving to Egypt. God said, don't, don't leave. I'm a, this, this blessing on you, it is abundant, and it's not about what's happening around you. Obey my voice, believe me. What did Isaac do? He believed God. And he was blessed because of it. He was blessed because of it. We go on and read about Jacob. When God spoke to Jacob, it reminded him of his covenant with Jacob. Jacob was going through a tough situation. Gen- uh, Genesis 30, let's read it in verse 27. The chapter 30, verse 27. So Jacob had been stuck working for Laban for 14 years now. Someone who changed his wages time after time, lied to him, cheated him time after time. And he realized, like, I, I am in this glass bowl and something's got to give. Verse 27, Laban said to him, Please say if I have found favor in your eyes, for I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for your sake. So that Laban really cares about him. <laughs> I care a lot about you. you know, you're the husband of my two daughters. Completely selfish. Then he said, name me your wages and I will give it. So Jacob said to him, you know how I've served you and know your livestock has been with me for what you've had before. I came was little and it has increased to a great amount. The Lord has blessed you since my coming. And now, when shall I also provide for my own house? So Jacob, Jacob knew that he was blessed and that even you know, dis- despite what was going on in the natural, I'm blessed regardless. There might be people who who just have it out against you. I've ran across a few of those people. The head of the doctorate program went to school just just from day one. He he got just the slightest sniff that I was conservative. There was a flood in Houston, and it was a big mess. People had to be rescued by boat, and it was a huge mess. And he, some people were trapped like on their roof for, for over a day to stay out of the flood water before they got you know, rescued. And he, he said, I'm just so thankful you know, the government is here to rescue people. And I just made this statement. I would trust my friends before I'd trust the government to rescue me. He went straight to my flute teacher. You tell him to keep his mouth shut. <laughs> and he tried to change my wages, tried to change my requirements to get my degree several times. I was getting near the, the end of my program. I, I, you know, 
brought in my checklist of everything, all my recitals are done, all these courses are done, and no, you're, you're missing this recital. Just pulled out the handbook, I you know, politely emailed him, I copied my teacher on the email, now this is what I was given when I started this program, this is what I signed, met all the requirements, said, oh, okay. You know, I just attached the email to a few other people that I had favor with. My teacher said, she, I never give an A plus for, you know, my flute students. You're the first one I've ever given an A plus to just because how you navigated that situation. It doesn't, the, some people might have it out for you, but God, God's blessing, it, it, it surpasses that. So, some of you feel like someone is holding me back from being blessed, from having an abundant life. That, that person you think is holding you back, they, they are not. You might think it's your boss, it's your spouse, it's your society, it's your president. I, I'm living an abundant life. Because my, my, my abundant life, my blessing, it is not based upon any man. It's based upon my relationship with God. It's based upon Jesus. And I, I know that Jesus, when he died on that cross, he redeemed me from the curse, from death, from, from me being robbed, me being defeated, me being poor and stuck and sick. And He redeemed me from that. So I'm going to preach that. I'm going to preach the blessing of the Lord. I'm going to preach the abundant, the blessed life. Because the Bible says in Galatians 3.13 that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. He was broken for me. He was beaten for me. He was defeated for me so I could be victorious. He took stripes on his back so I could be healed. It is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree that the blessing of Abraham you are blessed by the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth, might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So in conclusion, I am blessed by the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth. Say it with me. I am blessed by the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth. Amen. Awesome. Love you guys. My beautiful blessing of the Lord wife is going to come up here. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Caris Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www.carischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.